You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. That's 24-7. My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. All right, guys, I'm going to give you a jam-packed but short and sweet episode of No Filter today. Um, It has been quite the adventurous week. I, First of all, if I sound a little funny, I'm sorry if I'm a little lispy. I just got my Invisalign. Um, Just started treatment this week, so I'm trying to get used to it. They say that within the first couple of weeks, lisp should go away. Um, My dentist, Dr. Gabe Rosenthal, who lives in, or he's his office is based out in Encino, and he does a lot of reality stars. He does Ariana and Tom, or did Ariana and Tom. Um, so I told him, give me the Ariana glow up. So that's hopefully what I will eventually have by the end of my 10-month Invisalign treatment with Dr. Gabe, Dr. Gabe Rosenthal. Um, but if I do sound funny, I do apologize. If it's unlistenable, DM me and I'll take the Invisalign out when I tape. But hopefully it's not too bad. People on YouTube last night when we did book club said that it wasn't that noticeable. If it is, I apologize. Let me know if it's unlistenable and I will take my Invisalign out when I tape just for you. I will fuck up my teeth just for you. But um, we have a lot to break down today. There's some news with Lisa Vanderpump's son-in-law, Pandora's husband, and some some new sexual assault allegations and cheating rumors. We also have some Jersey updates. I have an update on Pizzagate and like what the apparent real story actually is. Then I'll recap some of the Vanderpump Rules reunion looks. Um, I'm going to try to make this week's episode short and sweet because I do, as some of you guys saw on Instagram, I got myself a new little pup. It's a baby Labrador or Labradoodle. Sorry. His mom is a Labrador and his daddy is a poodle, is a golden doodle. So his his daddy is half golden retriever and half uh, poodle. And then his mama is full Labrador. So my mom's dog mated with her friend's dog. I don't think it was intentional. I think it was like, oh, let's introduce the doggies. And then oopsie whoopsie, they both ended up getting pregnant or they ended up, you know, having a, a Tom and Raquel moment. And now she's knocked up and I got one of the pups. And so his name is Skywalker. He's a little baby. He's so cute, but he's been keeping me up at night. So I'm a little tired and he's taking a nap right now, but I do have to walk him and go potty because I have a call after taping this. So it's been a very busy and eventful week. Um, there was no Jersey recap on Wednesday with the Brav Bros this week, but it will be happening on Thursday instead. We just had to push back one day. So this Thursday, I'll be doing two YouTube live streams so you can join us, subscribe on YouTube. And yeah, should we get into all the tea? Got a puppy, got Invisalign, um, interviewed Stassi Schroeder. So you can expect that interview to be dropping very soon. Yes, we did talk about Scandaval. Um, she came in studio. She was so sweet. We had a really great combo, so stay tuned for that. All right, let's let's dive in, shall we? Okay, first up, Lisa Vanderpump's son-in-law, Jason. Uh, Jason Sabo has been named in a new uh, sexual harassment lawsuit. So according to Reddit, a, man- a sales manager at Palm Bay Inter- International has filed a lawsuit against, um, I guess, against Palm Bay International, claiming that it was a toxic and sexist work environment. 
And one of the allegations listed involves Jason Sabo, who's married to Pandora, who's Lisa Vanderpump's daughter. So it's Lisa Vanderpump's son-in-law. So we saw him when they were planning their wedding on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And they just recently had a baby. And that's when Lisa Vanderpump became uh, Nanny Pinky. So he also helps to run Vanderpump Rosé. Well, this sales manager is claiming that he told her that he was or I don't know if he said this to her specifically or he made her feel like this, but that he was considered a celebrity and was pressuring her to have sex with him. There were also allegations in blind items posted back in like 2021 regarding cheating rumors and divorce rumors between he and Pandora, including like a rumor that he was fooling around with one of her friends. He's a cute guy. Uh, I do want to reiterate Allegations don't necessarily implicit guilt, but allegations should always be taken seriously. So we're going to look at both sides of this. Um, If there were ongoing cheating rumors, I feel like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of truth to this. But, you know, what was it? Was it just like some inappropriate flirting? Did he really tell her, have sex with me? I find it odd that you know, he used his celebrity to get laid because I don't think he's an actual celebrity, nor do I, I'm not even sure he believes he's a celebrity because he's not on any television shows at the moment. He was barely on Beverly Hills. He's he's barely currently active on social media. It's not like he's booking all sorts of endorsement deals. He's not promoting fit tummy tea anywhere. So it's like, what is the celebrity? Like, where is the Lester just because he's married to Pandora? Because Pandora is not really a celebrity either. Her mom is a reality star. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he like flirted with this woman, right? Like probably, you know, he's clearly looks like he's got a big ego, looks a little pompous, but I feel like the celebrity part is a little bit exaggerated. Now, let's also talk about the toxic work environment. Because, like, what does that mean exactly? Toxic, I feel like, is such an overused buzzword that's pretty subjective per person. Like, what I consider toxic and what somebody else considers toxic these days can be two completely different things and can have two completely different effects. Naturally, everybody has a right to, they're entitled to their own feelings, but that doesn't necessarily make your feelings um entitled enough to win a settlement in a lawsuit, right? Because there are some pretty strong accusations. And, you know, from what I've read, other than, you know, it was toxic, this, they're big accusations, but other than the accusations of like it being toxic and this one guy wanted to sleep with me, it doesn't really seem like the accusations hold a ton of weight and I feel horrible saying that. But the hard part is, especially when it comes to anything remotely related to Lisa Vanderpump, there's so many frivolous lawsuits and with frivolous lawsuit claims, how do you take them all seriously? It seems like, especially here in the States, you can sue anybody for anything. That's when people come to me with new housewives lawsuits or housewives, you know, tax issues or whatever, like they don't, they sound a lot more scandalous in a headline rather than the reality of it or the weight of it. Like look at the Gwyneth Paltrow case for a great example with the ski collision back in 2016 or or the person that tried to sue her for what they claim was their vagina candle exploding that they bought on Goop or the woman that sued Sir claiming that she had to be immediately hospitalized for three days after shitting herself at Sir because the cream sauce gave her food poisoning. Like these accusations and the claims are so grandiose. And I feel like when there's a celebrity or there's somebody that seemingly has money, people want to go after them with these frivolous claims. Like look at the Gwyneth Paltrow case. They literally went to trial for two weeks only to find out that the guy was totally lying. 
And like, it was just, there was no way he like fudged some of the details. Like it was a blatant lie. I think he believes his lie, but doesn't make it actually true. No. So it's sad that I feel like I've become so skeptical of things like this, but people literally make up and exaggerate things all the time when it comes to money. If they want money, they'll do whatever they got to take to get their money. So the court documents against uh, this company from this woman, from this uh, sales manager, the court docs claim during a night out in Florida, Jason, this woman went to dinner, had some wine. Jason proceeded to invite her to his hotel room with some pressure that he was considered a celebrity and that she would be privileged to go out with him. So they had dinner and drinks. She, he then, she then gets invited up to his hotel room. The pressure to engage with Jason was expected each time he came to the market to work, except when Lisa Vanderpump or Jason's wife, Pandora was with him. So she's technically a colleague. So what does pressure to engage with him mean? By whom? Who was pressuring her and what was the pressure? It's very vague. Um, and I don't think we have any clear outlines of what that pressure was or who that pressure came from. Who pressured this woman to hang out with this guy? Listen, I'm sure he's a flirt. Probably does cheat on his wife. Makes him a terrible person, but doesn't necessarily make him in violation of any laws. I mean, or, or does it? I mean, it continues by saying on or about January 8th, 2018, the same scenario took place at the Fort Lauderdale uh, Renaissance. Again, they went out for dinner and drinks after work. But there, this woman was pressured to go to his hotel room. What was the pressure? Was he the one pressuring her? Was somebody else pressuring her? If he was the one pressuring her, why isn't the lawsuit necessarily against him? So after the first incident, because it's against the company, right? So after the first incident, she was willing to go out to dinner with him again. And after the first incident, she was willing to go out to dinner after work and have drinks with him again. So you already felt maybe uncomfortable with this dude last time. So then why would you, after work hours, decide to go to dinner and drink with him again? Obviously, if he keeps taking you out to dinner and keeps asking you up to his hotel room... Either he doesn't know how to read the room and is heavily pursuing you, which at some point you need to set a clear boundary, or maybe there was a vibe and maybe she didn't want to lean all in because she knew he was married. I don't know. I feel like there's more to this story, though. So it also doesn't sound like they actually did anything. It sounds like she felt pressured to go to his hotel room, but she didn't. So if he's a, if he feels like a creep, why continue to go out for dinner and drinks with him? It sounds to me like she told him she wasn't interested in sleeping with him. So what, a man made an advance and you shot him down? Again, he sounds like a creep that probably cheats on his wife, but cheating on your wife isn't illegal. It's immoral, it's wrong, it's icky, but it doesn't necessarily make it illegal and it doesn't entitle you to a lawsuit compensation of damages, right? This dinner and drinks thing happened again on February 11, 2019 at North Fort Lauderdale Hilton Hotel and again on uh, October 1st, 2019 at the Marker Hotel in Key West. So like, again, why do you keep going out with him? You clearly are keeping a track of all the times you willingly went out to dinner with him and had drinks with him and then refused to go to his hotel room. If he had that impression of you, why would you continue to engage in that behavior? Like, bring a friend with you to cut out any, like, romantic or sexual tension. 
or you know, tell them that you have other plans and you can't go to dinner outside of work hours or go to dinner and don't have drinks so that you kind of have a clear head and can set that boundary. I feel like this lawsuit might be a bit of a cash grab. Again, it's not specifically towards him. It's about the company and he's just listed in the lawsuit as examples of like this toxic work environment. So I can't speak to the company culture overall, but the Jason stuff does sound like, yeah, he's a douche, but it appears a line was never actually crossed or that a boundary was actually set. And she's a sales rep. He's a wine rep. Now, if the company told her, if her company, her boss specifically told her to sleep with him to get Vanderpump Rosé on top shelves of the bar at this Key West hotel, that's different, right? And I would like to see explicitly where the company said, hey, bang this dude to get his wine on our shelves. But what would his motivation even be? He's the one trying to sell the wine onto her. Why would he put that type of pressure on her to sleep with him? She has the upper hand in this business transaction. He needs the shelf space for Vanderpump Rosé. She's the gatekeeper to the shelf space, from my understanding. So what would be his motivation in ruining this client relationship if, one, he wasn't given a specific impression because they've continued to go out for dinner and drinks, or two, I think there's more to the story. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, Am I being a little too critical of this? Drop a comment below if you're watching this on YouTube, or just let me know. Slide into the DMs or leave an Apple podcast review if you're listening to this on the podcast. Let's move on from Beverly Hills and let's move on over to Joyzy. Let's talk Pizza Gate. Culture, society, on every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my god, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Oh my God, I feel like my Invisalign just like has my speech all over the place. So I do apologize, guys. If it is intolerable, please let me know. My, My gums are killing me. So if you give me a reason to take them out, I wouldn't hate it. Okay, Pizzagate. So... This is all according to your moms are watching on Instagram, who I'm assuming spoke to the Gorgas and got like some email receipts to back a lot of this stuff up. So it sounds like Louie and Joe early on hit it off when Louie first came around. And according to Joe, Louie likes quick deals rather than long term business investments. He likes quick cash, right? I can see that. Why else doesn't he have any like long-standing biz- business, right? That's his own or, or whatever the case may be. He makes short-term deals with the big, fast ROI. Fine. Okay. I'm not against that. Um, if that's how he chooses to make his money, that's his business. I don't know how sustainable that is, but he also 
says his most recent business venture is direct-to-consumer marketing. It did give me a little bit of Jen Shaw vibes, but listen, anyone can do it legally without scamming elderly people. Uh, That was one of Jen Shaw's arguments in court, was that there was a part of her business that was technically legal. She just happened to really lean into the illegal side of it, which is true. Direct-to-consumer marketing is not illegal, but a lot of people definitely stretch their luck. So... Joe apparently shares his idea with Louie for this subscription-based pizza kit that comes with pizza ovens, right? Or comes with a pizza oven. You get the pizza oven, and then you have the subscription for these different, you know, pizza kits. Different recipes. It was Joe and Teresa's way of honoring No-No, their father, and it was like No-No's Pizza, right? Cute little family business. Makes sense to me. Louie has money. Joe and Teresa have the face, which has marketability and pre-existing, a pre-existing built-in fan base with Royal Housewives of New Jersey. Okay. Makes sense. Louie would technically be their investor and he would use them as the marketing props, right? So Joe Gorga wanted to order a very high volume of these pizza ovens. I'm assuming he thinks that they were going to sell really well. Louie was hesitant. Sounds like he may have either not been totally confident that they'd sell as much inventory as Joe was looking to buy up front, or Louie didn't want to put down that kind of money, which also makes me think, okay, well, either you don't have the money or you don't believe in this business. Louie paid for the manufacturing of the ovens, which I assume was, um, I assume what he spent the alleged $250,000 on that they're claiming on the show, because it is said on the show that Teresa claims that he lost a quarter of a million dollars. But currently, if you go online, you can see that those ovens, I believe your moms are watching, bought one of those ovens, um, one of the uh, skinny Italian ovens. They're selling for like $75, or sorry, $79 online. So if 79 is the retail markup for these ovens that that Louis invested in for this no-nos pizza business, then the at-cost price had to have been much lower. So how many ovens did he actually produce to spend $250,000 if the markup was $79 or if the retail price was $79 with markup? So he spent, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of ovens that he would have had to have bought and a photo shoot that had to have been wildly expensive in order for him to just blow $250,000. Now, they make it seem like he lost $250,000. But if these pizzas, the skinny Italian concept that they've now re-envisioned, if that's up for sale, then you technically didn't lose $250,000. You invested $250,000 in a business that's now available, that you're now marketing technically on Real Housewives of New Jersey. That's hardly a loss unless they don't sell and the business goes under. So Louis got the ovens. I guess Teresa... And he went to some like tasting of the pizza kits and the recipes that Joe was envisioning without Joe Gorga, though, as they went to this tasting, which Joe Gorga later finds out about later. So they did the tasting and then he finds out that they ended up having a photo shoot done with new marketing, no longer calling the kits No-No's Pizza. And now they're calling them Skinny Italian, which is inspired by Teresa's cookbooks, which if you think about Skinny Italian came out after skinny girl. Um, so it sounds like this kind of made, it sounds like the cheater brand storyline on tipsy girl. Uh, we're kind of rolling with this, uh, skinny concept. I remember after skinny girl margarita came Fabellini cocktails, which were part of the skinny Italian brand, Just throwing that out there. 
But on the show, the story is that Louis offered Joe 5%. Joe wasn't happy about that, so he peaced out, right? Joe claims that he was willing to put up the money so that they could be 50-50 partners. But then he saw that they had changed the marketing, changed the, or tweaked the concept, did a photo shoot without him. And that's ultimately what hurt him is that skinny Italian doesn't have a place for Joe Gorga. And this was originally his idea to honor their father and not let it be a skinny Italian brand, but for it to be called No Nose Pizza. And for it to be this subscription kit, pizza oven, whatever concept that Joe had. Now, I believe the pizza ovens are kind of like a, a regular thing that gets manufactured. Like it's, you know, the pizza oven concept isn't new. People sell pizza ovens similar to Sony Morgan's toaster oven that never came to fruition. But the subscription model is, I think, what was unique about this specific pizza oven. Which, if it is his idea... And they took it to make it Teresa's business for whatever reason. That makes sense as to why they'd only offer 5% with no equity in the business that Joe's putting up, right? A 5% thank you for this idea. Here's a courtesy offer. We'll give you some, you know, a cut of it, right? Because like I said, when I brought up the 5% that Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz each have in TomTom, Tom, it's Lisa Vanderpump's business, but they each invested $50,000 and she gave them 5%. So why would Louis just give a courtesy 5% without... You know, why would he offer him 5% if there wasn't something to gain? And if it wasn't marketability, because Joe was no longer going to be the face of this, maybe it was for the idea, is kind of what I'm thinking. So Joe claims that after he found out about all of this, he went off on Louis. He said that he was really hurt and he just like went in, right? On, I, I don't know if they were phone calls or text messages or whatever, but he went off on Louis and Teresa. Joe claims that after that, Louis, Louis ghosted him. And that's really where things started to break down. I want to know what the timeline of all this is because I do see both sides and I can see it swaying both ways, right? I can see how Joe, if he wasn't putting the money down but wanted more than 5%, Louis would then see a way to cut Joe out but still run with the idea and now just use Teresa to sell it because we already have all the contacts. We already have contacts and we already have everything ready to go. But I can also see Louis being like, well, we already paid for these ovens, might as well put them to good use and still sell them. But we just won't call it no-no since that was Joe's idea. We'll just pivot it to Teresa's skinny Italian pizzas. So I don't love that Teresa and Louis are making it seem like they lost or that Louis lost all this money and it was such a big loss for them because it wasn't. They didn't lose the money. They reinvested the money and are currently selling skinny Italian pizzas. So I feel like I'm kind of leaning towards believing more of the Gorgas here, unless it really was about the upfront equity, which is the reason Joe was only offered 5% and then they pivoted from there. Then that makes it look like Joe wanted more ownership with little investment. So I can see why they'd cut him out and move on with the, with the idea. But apparently this is also what led to some friction with Dina's husband, which we saw in Jersey this week who also went into business with Louis, and that apparently fell through as well. Listen, I think Louis is a capitalist, and I think Jersey guys are more about values over profit. You know, Jersey's more family values. Jersey's more about the mom and pa shops rather than big, you know, venture capitalist companies that are going to take over the world. They just come from different worlds, right? So Louis wants to make a lot of money, which is not a bad thing necessarily, but I think that he wants to make the most money at the table. Is that a crime? Not necessarily, but then that's why you can't do business with family and friends. If you want to get greedy, it's fine to be greedy in a capitalist world. Morally, people may not love that, but listen, 
It's a capitalist world. And if you want to be a capitalist, that's how you get ahead. That's just the reality. Call a spade a spade. However, it's not necessarily what you're going to do. It's not the type of business you can be doing with family or friends. We have the reunion that finally films next week. Andy Cohen and Dolores Catania, both on Watch What Happens Live, said that they are not looking forward to it and can't see how this is going to go down. But we'll see what happens. I can honestly see the show moving forward without Teresa. I know that's not a popular opinion, but I can actually see Teresa and Louis spearheading their own spinoff with their blended family. And it'll get a few seasons, right? It'll go for a while, like Don't Be Tardy with Kim Zolciak. I actually think that's probably the best move for Teresa to cut out the toxicity of housewives and be happy and live in her love bubble without all the drama. It may not be as lucrative as Housewives in terms of marketability on TV, but I'm sure they can start to build a life off of TV from here, and this is kind of a bridge to build their next chapter, maybe outside of reality TV. Maybe they can pivot into something else. Maybe Teresa can try to land her own cooking show somewhere. I don't see that as a bad thing. I think it's a gateway to get them out of Housewives land. Like Bethany, she was able to get out of Housewives land by launching Bethany Ever After. Ultimately, her relationship fell apart and she didn't want to do Bethany ever after, after all. But I think that was one of her strongest projects that was actually successful after Housewives, aside from, you know, Skinny Girl being sold. But I feel like Real Houses in New Jersey can move forward with the new blood of Danielle and Jen Fessler and Rachel Fuda. I can even see them, I can even see them bringing in Danielle's brother for the new era of Jersey family drama. And I can actually see that doing well especially since Housewives is starting to build new fans and is kind of developing a newer audience. A new audience will then be invested in Danielle and her brother's family drama because that would be new for them. Maybe for older Housewives fans, it might be fatiguing or maybe it might be interesting to see somebody else's family drama, but I feel like Jersey Housewives is about family. I don't think Jersey is necessarily about Teresa anymore. It was, but I feel like Teresa's moved on to a new chapter beyond Housewives at this point. And the best time and place to do that is right after getting married. So let me know what you think. Can the show move on without Teresa? It's the big question. Sorry, my Invisalign is like killing me. I'm trying so hard to enunciate my words. Let's discuss the Vanderpump Rules reunion looks. Um, but I do want to shout out Lala Ken because she gave me a shout out on her podcast this week, which was very sweet. And she's like, oh my God, I love No Filter with Zach and he's so funny. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. But stay tuned because I have a very big special announcement coming next week as well, which wink, wink might also be when my Stassi interview drops. So stay tuned for that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sky, are you up, buddy? Are you awake? Should I bring Sky to say hi? Okay, he's getting excited. Hold on. I normally don't ever let him out when he cries like that, but when I'm taping, it's different, and I feel like maybe we'll let him get to, to meet you guys. But I probably have to wrap up this because he's probably going to have to potty. One sec. You want to say hi? Say hi to everybody on the internet? Look at baby. Look at Say hi, guys. Say hello. Say, I just did potty on my pee pad, and I've been doing potty outside. He's been such a good boy, huh? Huh. Okay, let's do a little cuddles so we can finish taping the podcast. Okay? Sorry, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're not able to actually hear him. Okay, so let's talk Vanderpump Rules reunion looks because they came out and they are fire. Miami's on, 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 on fire. Vanderpump's on, 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 on fire. Yeah, let's not chew the cord. All right, we're learning. We're pivoting. 
we're 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 learning here. That's my water, baby. Okay, Miami's on 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 fire. Okay, so first up we have Ariana Maddox, which I'm pretty sure you've seen at this point because it's been all over the internet. She is looking real real good huh isn't she looking so hot she looking so sexy uh she has this red long dress on with shoulder pads long red sleeves some like strips over the bubbies and over the belly and then a long bottom skirt i don't know if it's a one piece or a two piece but it's looking hot like her revenge body is on point her abs are looking killer um her tan is looking so good which i'm just like you get it girl this is a good revenge look um i'm not necessarily certain how well this is going to play with tom because i think at this point he's over ariana so i don't think he cares next up we have raquel levis and she's wearing this like i don't know if it's like a mint green um it's like a very soft pastel-y kind of bluish green color i don't know what the actual color is but it is um it's actually here's the thing you're going to get mad at me, but I don't hate this look. I think the shoes are cute. I think her tan looks great. I think the hair and the makeup are really good. That's one thing about Ariana's look is I feel like the the face makeup lacked a little color. Like, I wish we would have had, like, a little pop of, like, a red lip a little more or something, you know? Whereas I just feel like here, the makeup, as much as I love the look overall, I feel like we could have done a little more with Ariana's makeup, even if it was just, like, a starker brow. Uh, Raquel, I actually think, looks good. I like the shoes. I like the dress. I like the satin. I like the color. I think it works on her. The only critique I have is it's very similar to what she wore last year. Same color. Um, that to me, it just, it's not really given. But it, she looks great. Katie. I know a lot of people hated Katie's look, but I actually really like it. I think it's very fashion forward. Um, I think it shows off her legs and it shows off her arms. Her makeup looks great. It has a little color in her face. Her hair slicked back like this and kind of parted, I think also looks good. So it looks like it's like a, what, do we, what would we call that? Like a mesh? So we got like a collar, like a um, an iridescent collar. At least in the photo, it looks kind of iridescent, like a bedazzled iridescent vibe. And then it's like a black mesh sort of color that like droops down just above her knees. And then in the back, it has like a long cape with the same material, which I think it looks good on her. It shows off her arms and her legs. Cute tan. I wouldn't say great tan, but cute tan. And then the shoes look really cute, too. They're like a sparkly... Um, Spark like a glitter sparkle silvery. I don't know. Can you tell I'm not into fashion? <laughs> um, but I actually think Katie looks great. This looks like a good look on her. Maybe not everyone would have been, been able to pull that off, but on Katie, it looks great. And then we have Lala. And Lala, I think, really killed it. Aside from Ariana, I think her makeup looks good. I maybe would have loved a bit more color in her lips, um, but the dress is good. She's got this like purpley, iridescent y. Um, is that a cheetah print? Leopard print? I think that's cheetah print, right? And so it's, uh, we got a shoulder pad. It's down one arm. It's got a little cutout around the torso. And then we've got a really high leg slit, which I think just looks fire and maybe my favorite reunion look right next to Ariana. Like, but like a tight, close neck and neck sort of look. Her hair looks good. I love the blonde. The heels are nice. Um, but I think Lala killed it. Sheena, I think, also looks incredible. I think all the ladies killed these reunion looks. Sheena's hair looks good. I don't know if I love the random blonde streak. It feels a little too, you know, Y2K old school. But I think Sheena looks incredible. Makeup looks good. Tan looks great. Dress is very form-fitting. It's like this long, 
um, champagne colored dress that comes all the way down to the ankle with like some strappy champagne shoes. I think Sheena looks great. And she must, I know she's wearing her, her Viva Veranda or Viva Verona um, eyelashes. Killing it. Schwartzy, I think, looks really cute. I think his look isn't like a wow knockout, but like it's very Schwartzy, right? He's got the the not so fit, like the straight leg denim pants, or not denim, sorry, navy uh, slacks with the navy blazer. He's got a gray shirt on and then white sneakers, white van sneakers, which I think it actually looks really cute. It's kind of chic, um, killing it, thriving. And then we have Allie. Maybe my least favorite look of the girls. Still cute. I think the color looks great on her. Her makeup and her hair look really great. Works very well, especially with this color and this tan. Shoes are cute. They feel very, I was going to say forever 21, but the look overall feels very pretty little thing, which just isn't my vibe. I think the dress is sexy, but it's not, I don't love it. Uh, But the color looks great on her. James looks a little too mediocre and bland I wish the pants were a little fitted they're very not fitted at all and I think had they been a little more tailored and a little more slim legged I think he would have really killed it but I think the look overall just kind of looks a little meh um and then Lisa Vanderpump or oh we have Tom Sandoval as well Tom Sandoval didn't love the look because it looks too basic and I don't like the chunky black shoes I'm not just saying that because we hate Tom Sandoval right now but like I just don't It's not very form-fitted. It's not very tailored. He just looks like a creepy game show host in a murder mystery. I do love the Gucci belt, though. I will give him that. And then we have Lisa Vanderpump. And she has, like, a very similar dress to what Giselle wore to the Potomac reunion. The Real House is a Potomac reunion. Um, But Giselle's was blue and Lisa Vanderpump's is black. Giselle had the hands covered and... um, I believe her dress had a slit. Lisa's does not have a slit. It comes just below the knee. It's in black, not blue. And she doesn't have the neck embellishment that and, and the, the boobies embellishment that Giselle had. So I actually think I like Lisa Vanderpump's dress and look better. I mean, Giselle's hair and makeup were great. Lisa Vanderpump's dress is great. And her shoes are cute with this look. Like it's very form-fitting, age-appropriate. I think it looks good, but I don't like her makeup. Her makeup's a little too harsh for me. So... I, yeah, I don't. It looks a little too wax museum for me. So I'm going to I'm gonna swipe left on the makeup. But the look overall, cute. I think I would give it like a solid like seven and a half. Poss- like maybe almost an eight. Seven and a half, almost eight. I love that her nails are a good pop of like, what is that, red or pink? Looks like a red. or an, Yeah, it looks like a nice pop of red that I think also really works for her. I would actually, well, no, I, I was going to say I would love it if the nail polish matched the lipstick a little more, but I like the color of the lipstick, which is a little more pinky in comparison to the nails, which are more red. So I'm here for it. Those are the Vanderpump looks. Um, Vanderpump Rules Reunion is coming this May. Like I said, we're getting an extended version. It's coming to Peacock. So I cannot wait. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. You get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can follow me for cute Sky-related content. Say hi, Sky. He's doing his little chewy. So if you heard him chewing in the back, that's what it was. Um, he's a little baby. He's doing so good. He's so good. Um, thank you, guys. You can keep up with me and Sky at Just Plain Zach, or you can follow all of the latest reality TBT at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Like I said, catch new episodes of No Filter with Zach Peter every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a nice five-star review on Apple. 
I appreciate it. It helps with the, it's a free way to help support the podcast and give us really solid engagement and stay up in those rankings. Um, yeah. Every Sunday we're doing Vanderpump Rules rewatch parties on YouTube. So you can join the Zach Pack, become a member now and stay tuned. Lots of good stuff to come. Stassi interview will be dropping soon and big announcement coming next week. So stay tuned and get ready for that, baby. All right, guys. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.